Let's just pray. Father, as we come before you this morning after hearing those wonderful words, Lord, I know there are folks right here in this congregation and those that are listening and those that will be listening that are feeling as though they are alone. They have been left out there to fend for themselves. I pray that, Father God, that even right now at this very moment as they sense your presence, that, Lord, that they would know that you are there surrounding them, loving them. That, Lord, though they are maybe walking through some of the roughest valleys that they've ever walked through, maybe going through some of the hardest things they've ever had to face, Lord, give them the encouragement. Give them the insight that, God, you are always, always there. Lord, open their spiritual eyes to see the heavens opened and God's abundant grace pouring out upon them. Lord, I pray today, Father, that we might sense and we might know and that we might live in what we sense to be true and what we know to be true, that God loves us so much that He'll never leave us, that He'll go before us and He'll come behind us and He'll be beside us. And He'll be beneath us. And He's always, always above us. So Lord, thank You for the precious tenderness. Now Father, add Your blessing to the reading of Your Word and the preaching of the message this morning. And then Father, speak through the testimonies that are come. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You got your Bibles with you this morning? I want you to turn to a psalm. Psalms 126. It's just a short little psalm, and I really only want to focus on two verses, but I want you to hear the whole psalm. It's six verses. It's not going to take but two minutes to read. Psalms 126 is a psalm in which I want you to hear this morning to kind of tie together um, what the Lord has been trying to tell us over the last couple of weeks. This is the third week, and perhaps uh, there'll be more, as we talk about be like a good neighbor. Today I want to share with you the reward of investing in others. And then as I have done these last few weeks, uh, I've played a couple of uh, videos of testimonies of things of people who have shared their life today. I'm going to do something even a little bit better Uh, The Lord has opened an opportunity for one of those families to come and stand before you and and to share their testimony. So to hear of the reward that we get when we invest in others. So if you would, if you don't mind, stand with me as we honor the reading of the word of the Lord. If you're at home, feel free to stand up as well. For those of you in the car, be careful. I don't want you to bump your head. All right. Um, So it says, starting in verse 1, When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. Then was our mouth filled with laughter, and our tongues with singing, and said, They among the heathen, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, whereof we are glad. Turn again our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south that they sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth in weeping, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing in his sheaves with him. 
May God add His blessing to the reading of His Word. You may be seated this morning. Over the last couple of weeks, I have shared a challenge with you to reach out to your neighbor. To As we're going through this COVID-19 stuff where we're told that we're to stay close to home a lot more, and I know that we're in an area where we're beginning to see more movement and folks coming and going. But I challenge you to reach out to your neighbors with the good news of the gospel. I shared with you to begin with the fact that the Lord Jesus reminds us that uh, the great commandment was to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. And the second liken unto the first, to love your neighbor as yourself. And therefore, Jesus reminds us how passionately he believed in these two commandments, that his life was surrendered to it. And so, I said to you, if it is that important to the Lord Jesus, should it not be that important to his followers even today? Yes, it should. And then I said that we need to recognize that the great commandment is in hand in hand with the great commission. The Great Commission is that which is found in Matthew chapter 28, where Jesus tells us to go ye therefore into all the worlds, first in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and then the uttermost parts of the world. Doing what? Sharing the gospel, making disciples, encouraging people with the hope of salvation, so that Jesus Christ may draw them unto himself. The Great Commandment and the Great Commission go hand in hand and they are not outdated and they are not antiquated and they are not for times past. They are for today and therefore you and I to use right where we are. You all live in different communities, communities in which I may not have an impact in, but you do. And therefore you have the opportunity to be able to be a part of the great work that God has called us to do. Now, in thinking of this psalm, I thought of that old Baptist hymn, and we may try it at the end, depending on time, um, but the old Baptist hymn, some of you old folks, and I won't say who that is, uh, might be familiar with Bringing in the Sheaves. You know, what a tremendous psalm, what a promise of Scripture. That hymn is found in our Baptist hymnals, and it was written by Knowles Shaw. It's based upon the last verse here of Psalms 126. And as you look at it, it's so important because he says, He he that goes forth with weeping, bearing precious seeds, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing in his sheaves with him. Mr. Shaw was born on October the 13th, 1834. When Noel was only about 12 years old, his dying father gave him a cherished violin and told him to live for the Lord. The boy grew up to become a singing evangelist. And in the 1800s, he led 11,000 souls to Christ. He brought the crowds in with his singing, and then he brought them to Christ through his preaching. The story of his life is that in 1878, while traveling by rail across Texas, he told a friend that he never became discouraged for he loved his work and had confidence in the gospel's power. Moments later, the train careened off the tracks and Shaw was killed in the wreck. 
His last words were this. It is a grand thing to rally people to the cross of Christ. The very reality of what Psalms 126 says, that the grand finale of all of our lives should be that we are bringing people to the cross of Christ. This year we began a, a, a theme of who's your one, one person that you can pray for, one person that you have a, a passionate desire for that you want them to come to know Jesus Christ as Savior. And I've challenged you to pray for them and I've asked you to, to, to daily pray that God might do a great work in their hearts and bring them unto salvation. Yes, COVID-19 has kind of corrupted that to a point of taking us off our focus a little bit, but here's what I want you to know. You know what? No matter what goes on in the world, we need to continue to pray for those that are lost. I want to just share two things with you this morning from this psalm before I introduce our, our testimony to you today. First of all, in Psalms 126 verse 5, we see that if we do the sowing we may get the joy of being part of the reaping. Now, I'm reminded of what the Apostle Paul reminds us of, and he said, you know, some sow and some uh, water and some do this, and then some get the joy of reaping. We don't always get the, the joy of, uh, of reaping that which we sow, but it should not be that we should not sow if we don't get the opportunity, because Paul went on to say, some of you will reap where you have never sown. Some of you will be able to be a part of bringing someone to Christ that you have no work in, but yet God is blessing you. We must sow the seed if we're ever going to have an opportunity to be a part of sharing in the harvest. The process of the, uh, is the picture of the faithfulness of God. Sowing the seed of God so that others might hear is the, the beautiful picture of God's faithfulness to us. So what I want you to hear this morning is that sowing the seed, sharing the gospel, it is not something that always happens instantaneously. What I mean by it is that you share the gospel and automatically they say, oh yes, I want to receive. Now there are times when that happens, times when it doesn't. But think about it. God waited for you to come to him. He presented you with all the opportunities and yet he waited for your heart to become in tune with his heart. You see, sometimes sowing is a difficult work. Sometimes we work the field of God and we wonder why. Why are we wasting our time? Why are we wasting our efforts in this field? It seems as though that it's never going to produce there are those people who don't want to let us uh, uh, the seed enter into their hearts. There are those that uh, people that don't want the faithfulness and the fruitfulness of God in their lives. We oftentimes see people, uh, we talk to them, we build relationships with them, and then we try to share the gospel with them and they shut us down. We want to share the hope that we have found in Jesus Christ and they simply just reject we wonder if the gospel is worth sharing. But let me remind you that the gospel is worth sharing because of your life. Because you have found the faith and the security 
and the joy and the love and the forgiveness of a faithful father. Then we hear the good news. We hear the news of someone who has had a change in their life. We hear the news how God has begun to work a wonderful work in the life of someone that we tried to reach, but yet could not. We hear how that God has done a miraculous work and bringing them out of darkness into His marvelous light. We oftentimes hear how God has done a, a work of, uh, of touching someone's family. A son that was healed from a painful illness. A sister who, who overcomes a drug addiction. We hear the stories about how God has used difficult circumstances in the lives of people to bring them to an understanding of His gospel power. And then within our hearts, the joy begins to spring up out of our hearts and we celebrate the work, not that you have done, not that others have done, but that God has done. It is not that you and I can win anyone to the Lord. All we can do is present them with the gospel. The harvest of which God was faithful in bringing in His time or the people that he has spoken to. We thank God for the fact that there are those who have come to know and understand the salvation of the Lord Jesus Christ. We can be sad in the planting season, but we can have confidence that he will, we will be happy come harvest season. My friends, the Bible tells us the word of God, which is the seed never, never fails. It always does its work. God is faithful to make His Word do what it needs to do. We only have to have the faith that God will help us in bringing forth the harvest that He so chooses. You see, when spreading the gospel, when sharing our faith, we need to say, Lord, I'm going to be obedient and do what you've called me to do. I'm going to love people. I'm going to share with people. I'm going to present the gospel. And then in hopes that, Lord, when you bring in the seed, when you bring forth the harvest, that you might allow me to receive the joy of being in the harvest. The second thing that we see from this psalm is found in Psalms 126, verse 6. The joy that comes from sowing the seed in hard soil. You see, the truth of the matter is that in this world today, there are more hard soils than there are anything else. You see, the world has a way of making our hearts hardened in this world. That's why I have been so grieved this month in the fact that we, and, and not just us, but we, the church, have not been able to do vacation Bible school this year. Across America, hundreds of thousands of children who are not going to hear the gospel message are not going to have an opportunity to receive that joy of the Lord during the times of their tenderness. Folks, let me just remind you that the Bible has told us the, the more that we live in this world without Christ, the harder our heart becomes 
And that's why I think it's so important that we reach our children when they're young and we invest so much in the young generation. Because it is where their tenderness, where they're still open to the things of the gospel. The world is bombarding them all the time with all kinds of lies and all kinds of hardness and telling them there's no God who loves them, there's no God who cares for them, there's no God who, who wants them. I tell you, we need to tell them that there is a God who loves them, a God who died for them, and a God who wants to save them. We need to reach the hearts while they're tender, while they're young. Because, my friends, the older we get, the harder our soil becomes. I want to tell you a story. Deltar grew up in a parsonage in Minnesota and South Dakota. And most of his friends around him lived on farms. Crops were sown, cultivated, and harvested. But never once did he see a farmer weeping over the seed. Later, as he grew up, as a Bible student, he was perplexed by Psalms 126. Why does it say there that the sower goes forth with weeping, he said. Later, Dell went on to serve as a missionary just below the Sahara Desert in West Africa where the climate is similar to, the, to that of the Bible lands. The rainfall comes in May through August. The other eight months were bitterly hot and bone dry. Dust from the Sahara gets into everything, he said, your mouths, your houses, even your wristwatches. No farming is possible those eight months. Everything must be grown. May through August. He said in the fall, the granaries are, are full and our stomachs are, are rejoicing. The people seem happy, their lives overflowing in song and dance and fellowship. By December, supplies begin to recede and families begin eating but one meal a day. By February, people begin to grow hungry. By March... Food is rationed to one half meal a day, and the children begin to cry from hunger. Then inevitably, it happens. A six or seven year old boy comes running to his father one day with sudden excitement. Daddy, daddy, we've got grain. I found some grain. Out in the hut where we keep the goats. There's a leather sack hanging on the wall. And Daddy, Daddy, I look, there's grain in there. Motionless. Father does not move. But says to his son, we can't do that. We can't use that. That's next year's grain. It's the only thing that stands between us and starvation next year. We're waiting for the rains to come so that we can use the grain for a harvest. Instead of feeding his desperately weakened family, he goes to the field and with tears streaming down his face, 
takes the last of his precious seed and he throws it upon the hard soil in hopes that the rain will come and the seed will grow and the harvest will take place. Why? Because he believes in the God of the harvest. We need to realize that sowing and reaping involve more than just a good technique. They involve more than simple principles. The process involves an emotion of the heart as well as a faith from our soul. I wonder how many of us have felt that way. God, why do you want me to go to that person? You know they're, they're cantankerous. You know that they don't believe in you. God, why do you want me to waste my time? Why do I need to give effort to those people that look or act like that? We've all felt that way. We've all seen what we perceive as the hardness of man's heart and said, Lord, there's no way the gospel will stick. There's no way the message will grow. But let me remind you that rain softens the hardest of ground. The Spirit of God is that rain. And he can take the hardest of hearts and turn it into a clay that he can mold and shape once again. How do I know? Because he did it in me. That's the kind of God we serve. He is the God of the heart. If it wasn't for the tears of a mother, I would not be here today. We can soften hearts through the tears in which God has called us to pray. Tears of weeping as we sow the seed. And as Christians, we need to trust the God of the harvest. We need to be faithful in planting the seed, watering the seed, cultivating the seed, so that God will, in due time, bring forth a harvest. We know not when God is going to speak to hearts. We all know of people that we have been praying for for years but I trust the God of the harvest. I trust His Word. He has promised that His Word will never return unto Him void. When we cast our seed upon the ground, whether the soil is hard or not, God has a way of softening the ground so that it will grow. So I encourage you, as you look at your neighbor and you say, well, I've tried, but they're just opposed, they're hard, they're, they're, they're not likable. 
Friends, it is important for us to continue to cast the seed and let God do the softening and let Him spring forth life as He so chooses. Over the last couple of weeks, I've challenged you to do just that, to reach out to your neighbors. I don't know your neighbors like you know your neighbors because they live next to you. Many of you don't know my neighbors as I'm supposed to know my neighbors because they live next to me. Today, I simply wanted to share with you from this psalm that there is a blessing that comes from sowing the seed. There is a harvest that can come from the opportunity to invest in the heart and life of people. And I thought, no greater way. When Mary, a few weeks ago, said to me, I've got a family that's going to be here in the mountains. And they've just recently come to know the Lord. Would you like them to come and share the testimony? I had not yet started this series, but God had started it before. And because someone invested in the life of one, the life of several, have come to know Christ. And because of that, we can rejoice today as we hear the testimony of what God is doing. In the midst of this COVID craziness, God is saying, I am still at work. The great commandment is to love people as we love God. We cannot say that we love God if we don't love our neighbors. It's just an impossibility. And if we love our neighbors the way that we love God, then we're going to want to share the great commission with them. And we're going to want to share the gospel with them. And we're going to want to be a part of what God can and will do. So instead of a video testimony for you to hear today, I've got a real live testimony for you to hear today. And as God has opened this opportunity, I want you to, to just be blessed by it. For those of you that will be watching online at home and those that will be watching the video, the screen is going to go blank, basically. There's going to be a scripture verse up there. The family has chosen for personal reasons not to, be, uh, to have their face on the internet. So they're going to just be audio only for those of you that are listening and watching on uh, the, the webcast. For those of us here, we have the opportunity of seeing them. I'm going to ask Mary Warren to come and, and to share with us the Sean family and for you to listen to their testimony. Now, for those of you, they've been here they, from China for five years and uh, been living down in the Raleigh area. And uh, Mary has befriended, um, I'll let her tell that story, all right? She'll do it much better. Mary, come. Folks. Mm. Mary will share, if she can, through her tears. <laughs> and, and there have been tears of joy and and tears of weeping over over these years. I um, many years ago was in in church with Tom and Martha, 
And um, they had such a, a heart. Tom would share that it was a church that had the whole gospel for the whole world. And, um, and part of a church that strongly believes that, and I believe your church does too. You've sown many years into the Lottie Moon offering and the Annie Armstrong offering to pour out to people that you would never know. These people are from a country that some of your pouring out has gone to. The Lord brought them here. And um, the church that I'm part of allows me to work and minister in a community college setting as a volunteer, playing music to go in and teach English through music. And this man was in one of the classes where we sang everything from You Are My Sunshine to Country Roads to all kinds of songs because God uses all kinds of things. And so um, then through him, the church and, and I met his lovely family and had an opportunity to love them with the gospel for the whole world. And um, there's a scripture that I was reminded of this morning before you sang, and these words were in your song. But now thus says the Lord, He who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. Now, I don't know all of what they will share, so I may share a couple of things that they will also share. But Lucy gave her heart to Jesus about a year ago in our Sunday school class. About a year ago. And she had a friend at her school that was sharing with her. When COVID started, she contacted me and said, Miss Mary, what can I do to help you? And um, so we started dialoguing. And I said, Lucy, I would be interested in your insights, what kind of things you're learning in the Bible. She said, oh, Miss Mary, I, I'm reading a book, but I really don't understand the Bible. She said, can you tell me how do you study the Bible? And I, I thought, how can I share with Lucy where she is, another language, another generation or two, <laughs> with what will really impact her heart? And the Lord gave a strategy, three things. Let's start reading the book of John. What does it say? What does it mean? And what does it mean to you? So every day, because Lucy was not in school, and I was not in the normal flow of life, every day, every day, every day, for a month, we went through the book of John, and it came to Easter time, and we were a number of chapters away from the crucifixion and resurrection. I said, Lucy, we'll have to continue after Easter. She said, Miss Mary, I came into this too late. And so 
could we just double up so we can get to Easter on Easter? And Easter night, Jesus was lifting off. <laughs> uh, we had gone through the crucifixion, resurrection, and the ascension. And from there, we continued on and have continued on through COVID on the telephone. So even if we can't get out, we have telephones. We have different ways to be able to reach people because it's about the seed. It's not about the sower. And he makes a way for that planting and for the harvest to come forth. So with that, I'm going to introduce the Shong family, and they will introduce themselves. And uh, it's a very big step for them. It's the first time that they have publicly shared their testimony. So it's a gift to you, to us, but it's really a gift to them in their next step of faith. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. How are y'all? My name is Lucy, and I currently graduated from high school, and I'm a freshman at NC State. <laughs> Thank you. This is my parents, um, Yen and Sean. We're from China, and we moved to U.S. a few years ago, five years ago. And it was a big change with culture, the environment, the people, the language, everything, everything is different. Through all these years, we also encountered Christianity and we had some experience with different churches, but we felt we're outsiders. However, after we attended the Gateway Church, which Miss um, Mary and Mr. Preston and Miss Tia served, um, we started to know more about God. We can feel our lives and our thoughts are really changed by God gradually. And during one day in a church meeting in Mr. Preston's house, Miss Mary led my sinner's prayer and I gave my heart to Jesus. However, I don't think I fully understand the meaning at the time because I did feel that I, be, um, but, but I, but I did feel I became stronger because um, I knew Jesus saved me, but I don't know um, it might be one of the most important decisions I've made in my life and will have such impact on me and, my, and on my family. One thing I think that God truly is telling me that He's real is during my college application time at the end of November, uh, 2019. My dream school is NC State but I really have no idea whether I would be admitted because NC State engineering and computer science majors are very competitive. Um, plus, I still have some difficulties in English, especially writing essays. Um, but I know that col college application essays are very important to apply schools. And during the time that we um, of needing an English teacher the most, we found um, a man, Mr. Ohm, who was a reputable, reputable tutor, and um, he knows Chinese and English, and by the way, he's Christian too. He helped with my grammar and gave me suggestions uh, about um, the structure of my essay, 
and most importantly, he helped me to fully express what I wanted um, to say and who I am as a person. Although I had strong GPA and being fortunate enough to find a tutor, um, I still worried if I could get in because it's um, it's also the college process also evaluated in diff different many other um, things such as um, SAT and things. But Miss um, Mary um, and the church family prayed for me, and we also prayed in a dinner party um, several days and many times. Um, and um, then guess what? <laughs> God actually opened the door and got me to NCC. <laughs> And that was the time I was like, wow, there is a God, and He really can hear me. And then I realized that God really is a God that loves us and wants us to live in a colorful life and to be with Him in heaven. Then at the end of March this year, I led my parents' sinner's prayer, and they gave their heart to Jesus as well. And all right, I'll let my mom to speak from now. So hi, everybody. Um, where's the star? Yeah, thank you. As my daughter mentioned, uh, we moved to U.S. five years ago. Um, yes, five years. I still remember the first day when we landed with three big luggage. We were so nervous and so excited. Um, but our story didn't start from that time. It's from many, many years ago. Um, both my husband and I had very good job, very uh, well-paid job in China. Um, suppose we should have a very good life, but from time to time we feel helpless, hopeless, because of many, many problems like the air pollution, the food safety issues. Um, the products and we people cannot speak the truth cannot say, say the truth exactly too many things um, I even fell into depression after we lost our second child due to um, the one child policy so my husband was so sad too and, and he told me let's go go find another place, another better place to live, where people can be respect, where people, where human rights really be, can be protected. Let's go. But it's, it's not easy. It's really big decision for a family. Uh, but at the time, yeah, we find an opportunity 
and try to um, go out. And we know it could be a great challenge, then everything new. And we have no friend here, we have no family here. And we have to give up, have to quit our job and everything from very beginning. But the feeling of um, breakout away from the control was stronger and stronger. We decided to leave. Um, yeah, sure, it's, it's not easy, but finally we made it. We moved to US. Um, the first state, the first stop in America is a, a small city in the south. Um, one day, when I in the airport, I met a, a Chinese lady. There's not too many Chinese people there. <laughs> so we just look at each other and we smile to each other and then start to talk. Um, she told me she traveled around 30 states in US and she moved 10 times, at least 10 times during 20 years because of her job. Then I asked her, um, which city do you think is the do you like best? And she told me she liked North Carolina very much, and Raleigh, um, Cary, or Apex, that area is a good place to live. Then I, when I asked her about her name, she told me her name is Yin Lu. The Chinese meaning is lead you the way, guide you the way. It's so incredible, <laughs> so interesting, so, and then I went back home, told my husband, and did also told Lucy, and then we moved. Then we just packed our package and came here. And the latest was right, uh, we like here very much. So I think we are very lucky. And before we know God, so all the lucky things happen to us because we work hard. We are, we always try to be nice person, nice people. Then we got good things in return or just by chance. But when we realize, start to know God, is that really just by chance? Uh, after, but when I I remember wife uh, the first time when I read Bible. The first page says, "In the beginning, God. Uh, uh, in the beginning, God created the heavens and earth." I closed the book <laughs> because for me I cannot understand. I cannot believe it. All the stories in Bible for me sounds like fairy tale. Even long time ago, we believe there's some superpower higher than people, but I we don't know what is that, who is that. But when I read the book, we read Bible, see the story. I just thought all oh, those sto stories just said like there are many of these kind of story in old Chinese fairy tale books. It's just like that. I cannot believe that's true, that's real. It, it's really diff hard to understand that. 
um, but God keep working on us, change us little by little. Uh, so after re renting house for a year, we decided to buy a house, and we bought a house. We thought, oh, happy life starts, but unfortunately, John and I have very different opinion with, about the house. <laughs> we, we have, we, we, can, we could not agree with each other. We have many strong arguments. <laughs> and, and even I try to think we broke up. At that time, I really miss my mom. I really miss them. I cried several times. When I now look back, it's just small things. But at that time, it's big things for us. I almost have no family. But the good thing is, we start to join the church. We meet Miss Mary. We meet all the church families. And we start to um, know God. I remember one day um, when we go to the, went to the worship. Uh, there's uh, four candles in on the table, and Mr. Bill said that represent peace, hope, um, joy, and love. At that time, I was so moved. Where's my joy? Where's my love? Where's my hope? And and suddenly, I feel something come inside. I can I can feel something touch me. Yeah, I, I think at that time I think my mom cannot help me. My dad, they are in China. They are in the other side of the earth, and I don't want to tell them what struggle we have because I don't want them to worry about us. We, I said that just keep quiet, didn't say to anybody. And I know he was hurt as well, we hurt each other. And he was, we need help. And that time I think nobody can help us, just God. Only God can change us, can work on his heart, work on my heart. And started from them, we start to pray, and we try to learn how to be humble, how to we can understand each other. And Lucy, she's quite sweet girl. She always support us and help us. And also, all the church family gave us great support, help us to went through that difficult time. So I think. Just like the song, just we are not alone, and we we already got here. We got freedom, so we have to strong the freedom. We open our heart, and we I believe all the good things happen to us, not just because lucky. It must be God. We were blessed, even we didn't know Him at that time.
but we were blessed. And it must, we cannot prove that's not God. And we, we believe nothing happened by coincidence. You agree? <laughs> agree. <laughs> English is not. Oh, my English is not good. Uh, but uh, but Lucy uh, will help help me. 我做了一个人生呃非常重要的决定，搬到美国。当 Lucy 小的时候，我去韩国出差，有机会和世界各国的工程师一起工作，那是我第一次走出中国，看到外面的世界。So when Lucy was a little girl, I had a business trip to South Korea. Oh, sorry. Okay. Okay. When Lucy was a little girl, I had a business trip to South Korea um, for the for the football World Cup. And that was the first time for me to look at the outside world and had an opportunity to work with people around the world. So, um, closer, okay. <laughs> and that trip really impresses me so much um, because he's, I see the outside world is total, is many times are different from what we are told in China. And I found I was deceived for 30 years. And then, after when I come back to South, uh, come back from South Korea, I lost my second child, and that made me to make a decision to move. 为了提高英语，我参加了 E S L 班和 Inter Inter、uh, International Lunch Party. 呃，我接触了 Miss Mary. President, Mr. President, 又参加了圣诞晚会，认识了更多的教教会的朋友。So to improve my English, I uh, I participated the ESL in an international lunch party, and I met Miss Mary and Mr. Preston, and also um, participated in the、uh, Christmas banquet, and met more、um, church family and friends. 后来。Uh, Mr. Greg 教我呃英文，并告诉我圣经里很多的背景故事，这让我更容易读懂圣经。Then、um, Mr. Greg、um, taught me、um, English, but and also、um, taught me many 
um, Bible chapter stories, and that、um, allow me to understand the Bible much better. By the way, Mr. Greg only can speak English. I still don't understand how he can understand Miss Greg. But each time when he、um, has the lesson and he repeat tell us what Miss Greg told him, it surprised me. <laughs> but yeah, it's miracle. <laughs> 来美国之前，我从来没有读到过圣经，因为小的时候我被告知。圣经是西方的东西，不是中国的。但是现在我不这么认为了。So before I come to America,、um, and when I was young, I was taught that the Bible is it's Western things. It's not for Chinese.、Um, but now I don't think that anymore. 自从我认识上帝和以前的我相比，我发现我比以前更多的 peace 在在我的心里，这让我思考。我开始相信主，我我发现我愿意做主的羔羊时 ，God 就可以改变我的心。感谢 God 的赐予和引领。So when I met God, um, uh, so sorry, after I met God and um, compare it to. Uh, what I am before, I found out I have more peace in my heart, and that made me to think and started to believe in Jesus. And、um, when I, when I'm willing to become um, the um, the sheep of God,、um, that because God could really change my heart, and I'm grateful that God could give us so much blessing and so much.、Um, Lead us our way. So we are still on the way to know more about God, and、um, it will be a whole life journey.、Yeah. And we are so grateful that Jesus washed our sins away, and now we have a new life. Thank you for listening. 
Lord, how that you have worked behind the scenes long before they ever come to know you. How that you brought them from China to here so that they could then be enrolled in an opportunity to learn languages that, Father, they did not know and use Scripture and to have people who love you be able to invest in their lives to share the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father, for the testimony of how you worked in their hearts to soften their soul and to make their lives pliable for you. Now, Father, would you minister your grace to them as they continue to walk with you. As the Apostle Paul reminds us, not that I've obtained already, but that I continue to strive for. May that be the very reality of their life. May they know that all the walk of their life will be as all of us. We have not obtained all that we need to have of Christ, but we are striving every day to live for you. So, Father, help us to stand strong on the foundation of Jesus Christ upon that rock that shall never move. And may the Word of God continue to feed us and nourish us and continue to strengthen us, we pray. Bless them now, Lord, that they might share with others and that they might have opportunity to share the good news of Jesus Christ with family and friends so they too might come to know you as Savior. Lord, thank you for being real. Thank you for being important. Thank you for telling us how important it is for us to invest in the lives of others around us. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. 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 We're not going to sing that song today just because of time, but we will dismiss in an order.